Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be giving you guys the Thunder Spurs preview and who I think could be out to shine in this one. So today's game versus Spurs, tip-off is at 7 p.m. Central Time. You guys can catch that on Fox Sports Oklahoma. For OKC, this is their first of four games they will have at home. I've already talked about, and I think a lot of you guys already know, the Thunder were just on a five-game road trip beginning, you know, at the start of 2021 to now. I mean, they've just been all over the all over the country, but they're back for the next four, so should be good to go. In those five games we had in the road, we went four and one. So we went from sitting at a measly, what was it, one and three to five and four, and we're tied for sixth in the West right now. While the San Antonio Spurs, I mean, they're literally right behind the Thunder in the standings right now. They are, I guess, since there's a gigantic tie going on, I mean, three-way tie for six, so six, seven, and eight, all have the five and four record. They're right outside them. They're at the ninth seed with their five and five and five records. So they're kind of on the hunt right now. And beating us would actually move them up in the playoff standings because, you know, just due to how those things tend to work, the head-to-heads, they get the advantage. So whoever wins this one, they're going to be a lot higher in the standings. I mean, for the Spurs, there will be. And then for us, we're going to stay up in the standings. So it'll be an interesting one to watch. I think comparing resumes, though, when we're looking at the bodies of work for both teams, the Spurs, they kind of have more of these key wins. And I know saying like stuff like strength of schedule is kind of really stupid. Talk about it all the time, like college football, like, oh, this team needs to be in because look at their strength of schedule or, you know, March Madness. Everyone's always talking about strength of schedule when you're filling in your last four in and your last four out. Kind of always goes down to some of these tiny stats like this. But I do think it is important in times like these. Early on, the Spurs, they've already beaten the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Raptors. Raptors aren't doing that hot, so you can take that one as you would like to. I think the Raptors are a pretty quality team when you look at the roster, however... For the Thunder, our five wins really have not been against very prestigious teams at all. Our best win of the season was probably our last one, where we faced the undermanned Brooklyn Nets. They didn't have KD. I'd say the Pelicans and the Magic were also some solid wins we had there. Knicks and the Charlotte Hornets, I think they're kind of in the bottom there. So we have not really gotten that key win against one of these dominant teams in the NBA yet. But we haven't gotten the chance, so you really can't base it off of this kind of stuff yet because, you know, we've never had a shot at one of these great teams though, thus far. I wouldn't consider the Spurs one of those kinds of teams. I do think it's kind of going to be a, a good test for us, though. Anyways, going into the injuries for both sides in this game, the Thunder, Ty Jerome is still out and happy anniversary to him this is officially the one month anniversary of him being on the coach's injury report uh, I think the first game actually the preseason game we played against the Spurs was on December the 12th this game's being played on January the 12th so exactly one month since we played the Spurs between these two 
and exactly one month with Jerome listed as out. So congrats to him, I guess. Speedy recovery. Hope that left ankle sprain clears up there. And then we got Trevor Ariza. Don't really think I'm going to be talking about him on the injury reports after this podcast because, I mean, let's be honest, the timetable here is kind of weird. I'll make sure to keep you posted if there's any news surrounding Trevor Ariza, but he's dealing with a matter, a personal matter. Thunder's in support of him. Everyone should be in support of him, so he's away from the team. I'll, I'll tell you guys if there's any kind of time he may be set to come back. But for the Spurs, they have four players out, and it starts with Quindary Weatherspoon, Drew Eubanks, who's like a power forward center for the Spurs, Derek White, that's kind of a big hit, and then DeMar DeRozan, who is leading the Spurs in scoring right now. He's averaging 21 points. He's averaging six rebounds and seven assists, so he's actually kind of balling out everywhere. Huge, huge hit for this Spurs team. And then Devin Vassell, their pick from this year, he's questionable with a knee injury. So yet again, the Thunder are kind of facing a team that just has a ton of injuries all over the place, but specifically, their stars are hurt. Like Kyrie was hurt, quote-unquote he was hurt. Um, I believe, I think there was like a personal reason. I honestly didn't ever look into it, but I don't think it was injury-related. And then with... DeMar DeRozan here, he's also out. We've kind of been catching a ton of breaks here, and we need to capitalize on all of them. I mean, you can even go as far back to Alec Burks when he wasn't with the Knicks. As crazy as it sounds, he was balling out, dropping 20 a game for them. So our past three, we've just caught break after break. And, I mean, here's our time to, to improve on our record early, you know what I mean? So just going into the starters for both sides... OKC, we always got the same five out there pretty much. SGA, George Hill, Lou Dort, Baisley, and Horford. The Spurs, though, they had a lot of adjusting to do surrounding their starters. They got DeJounte Murray at the one. Lonnie Walker is at the two. Keldon Johnson, who normally is the four for these guys, he got slid down to the three due to DeRozan being out. Then they got Trey Lyles in the starting lineup and LaMarcus Aldridge at the center spot so i, I want to consider that almost evenly matched i think the spurs have a uh, solid group there as well as us so and i think it's going to be kind of a nice contest to watch between the starters i think uh with the way the spurs currently are though with so many people out including DeRozan, Derek white and then you got a couple key role players off the bench for them just not being av- available there's going to be a lot of potential breakout games for some of our young guys. And I kind of want to go into some of those players who I think could shine in this one. Before, you know, I say the obvious, I'm, I'm just going to get the elephant out of the room. SGA, of course, you got to bring him up. I don't want to talk about him for 10 minutes every single time I do one of these, though, because I think it's pretty obvious he's our leader and he's always going to be dropping some consistent numbers for us. I'm just going to leave it at I don't expect SGA to have this terrible game. I think he's kind of found some sort of rhythm here. I mean, he dropped 29, uh, I believe it was in the Knicks game, and then he followed it up with 31 against the Nets. I'm not saying he's dropping 31, but I do expect him to be kind of a leader all across the board for us, just doing 
SGA things per se. But I, yeah, I just want to go into some of the guys that aren't always that consistent, if you know what I mean. And starting things off, I'm going to go with Darius Baisley. And he started the first three games of the new year like on fire. He was averaging 18 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists on 50% shooting and 40% from downtown. But he cooled off big time in his last two games and he averaged just 4.5 points, 6 boards and 1 assist on 26% from the field. And if you want to see from downtown how he was doing, just 1 of 7. That's good for 14%. Personally, I don't really expect Baisley to have like a really bad game again. And here's kind of my thought process as to why. The way that the roster is for the Spurs, Baisley's going to be matched up on Trey Lyles. And this is a this is like a match made in heaven. If you're Darius Baisley... He's totally loving this. I think match made in heaven may be bad because Trey Lyles is probably ripping his hair out or however much hair he still has. He's going to be ripping it out at the sight of Darius Baisley tonight because, look, Lyles is not a very athletic big. He can't really shoot that well. And when it comes down to getting down low, like he's not that strong. So he's not going to be playing that much bully ball on Darius Baisley. I think Baisley's going to be really open this whole game because Baisley's this just athletic freak, plays like a small forward. Trey Lyles really is like more of a center than a power forward anyways. He's not going to be able to keep up with Baisley for however many minutes Lyles is out there. I just think that Baisley, this is going to be the game where he can kind of claim back all this momentum that he was building up at the start of the new year and he's had multiple games where he actually has been left wide open for shots and he just kept bricking them and some of those games that kind of point you know i was kind of thinking of those it's against the magic the knicks and the nets but his matchups in those were aaron gordon julius randall and kd i don't expect trey lyles to be that sort of guy if you know what i'm saying trey lyles is definitely not in that upper echelon of power forwards, I'd say. Dude shot one for nine in the preseason game we played against them last month. And he had his first start on Sunday because that's when they kind of the injury bug going around their squad. He only dropped five and 10 in 35 minutes. And here's the deal, like his role, I'm going to make this obvious. I'm going to put that out there. He's not really an offensive player. So 5 and 10 is not bad. And on defense, I think he only had like one foul. However, this guy was playing defense on like Ed Davis most of the game. Ed Davis and Darius Baisley are completely different players, dude. Ed Davis is just sitting out at the mid-range all game. I might be able to play defense on Ed Davis. I can't play defense on Darius Baisley. He'd probably run around me, do some 360 dunks. He'd go on insane. Basically, be doing 360 dunks on Trey Lyles. Highly doubt it, but it's possible. I think Basley will just be able to find his way around him. And when you're looking off the bench, they really don't have many other backups. Maybe like Yakup Pirtle, but it's kind of the same thing with him, where he's way too slow to keep up with Basley. And you got Rudy Gay, who honestly probably will be playing a ton on Basley. 
I don't think Rudy Gay, I think he's kind of lost a step when it comes to his speed. Like, I think I'd rather, if I was Greg Popovich, I'd rather have Gay on Baisley than I'd have uh, Trey Lyles on him. But I don't think that necessarily fills the gap up that much. Baisley is going to have an opportunity in this one. And he's kind of let those opportunities go to waste in a couple of games. I have a lot of praise and a lot of hope that this is the one that he kind of gets things going again. So look out for him. He's going to be in the mix probably this whole entire game. Second dude I want to talk about, Teo Maladone. And with him, he's kind of been a quiet guy through these nine games with us. And it's not really like on the scoring end he's quiet. He's been able to contribute like passing the ball around. And he's a little good when he shoots. It just doesn't go in all that often. I want to go back to Maladone's kind of roots here. His first game that he played was a preseason matchup against the San Antonio Spurs. And in this one, he dropped 20 points. Obviously, things are much different because this is no preseason game. Like, they're going to have their starters out for big minutes. I think Maladone played almost 30 in that one. But he's going to have, I think, a huge role. And the lineup for the Spurs really should not be that much different than the preseason one they rolled out due to all the injuries they're having to deal with. I think Patty Mills is going to be on Teo most of this game. And I'm just going to keep it real for a second. Like, Patty Mills has been killing it this year. He's averaging 15 points a night. Maladone is good on defense. But I think Patty Mills could potentially go off. Like... His ability to score out of nowhere is really, really solid. He's been a quiet double-digit scorer for a lot of games in his career. And he's kind of just had a bigger role so far with San Antonio with like Derek White being hurt and all that. He's still going to seize this opportunity. And it's going to be a, a nice game for Maladone to try to work on his defense. I think it's going to be a nice game for Mills to work on his defense too though I don't think Mills is that great in the pick and roll defense and Maladone is elite when it comes to the pick and roll offense I think there's going to be a ton of high ball screens in this one and I think Isaiah Roby likely will be playing a decent amount at the small ball center because Mike Muscala took that dirty shot to the ribs in the Knicks game he didn't even play in the Nets game he's probably clear to play in this one however obviously if he doesn't have to go on the court like Mark Dagnalt is totally fine with that he'd rather just heal him all the way up for our next game but I think Roby will be playing a lot and the Spurs like not just Mills but Jakob Pertle as their backup center really just messes them up and I talked about this with Baisley like Pertle's not fast at all he's not going to be able to help you on these screens and if he does Roby's blazing by ya I'd rather have this Roby Maladone screen like I want that all all day 24 7 if we get a matchup where it's really Roby and Maladone on Pirtle and Mills it's gonna be an easy two points because you're either gonna have that wide open midi for Maladone or he's gonna have a wide open pass to Roby and you surround those guys with some shooters you got a really really solid bench unit that I think would crush these guys if I'm going to be 
completely honest. The next dude that I want to talk about is Hamadou Diallo, and it's not really like this huge, bold pick like maybe Maladon was. Because Diallo, let's just face it, he was our best player off the bench in our five-game road trip. Dude was putting up 15.6 points, 5.2 rebounds, and 2 assists in just 22 minutes of play. And shooting-wise, he was putting in 64% of his shots. I actually think he's probably our greatest player off the bench in general. And I did a podcast on that yesterday, so... If you want to listen to that, uh, my take on that, I highly suggest it. I was with Nick in that one, so we had a good little debate there for, I'd say, around like 10, 15 minutes. So good listen if you guys are into Diallo. But anyways, just keying in on this game with him, I don't really think anything's going to change with how he approaches things. The Spurs have zero shooting guard depth with DeMar DeRozan out. Lonnie Walker kind of was the guy off the bench that plugged minutes in at the two and the three. Now with him being thrown into the limelight at the two, you don't have anyone to fill the shooting guard. I think you'd have to slide up like Mills or I think it's like Trey Jones. I don't even think he's really going to play. Maybe he's a point guard, but I don't really think they have that true shooting guard off the bench that will be able to stop Diallo. I think likely what's going to happen is Diallo is going to have one of these Spurs starters on him at all times. DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, and Keldon Johnson are all really, really good defenders. And as we all know, Diallo is a really, really good offensive player. So they're going to try to combat him there. I think all those three guys that I listed are going to be playing like 35+. plus. So they may be a little bit tired, and Diallo is going to try to take advantage of that. Diallo draws a ton of attention in on the defense, allowing for some wide-open passes. Or if he wants to take the layups, get this. He's shooting 70.5% from inside 5 feet. So the insane production from down there is going to really just help us a ton in this one honestly I don't expect Diallo to be going off for like 25 plus again just due to Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson being great defenders I think those two out of the three will probably be facing off on him most of this game but Diallo definitely has not run out of gas in the tank he will be putting up a ton of shots off the bench for us and we'll see about the efficiency I think he's set for another double digit game though And for the Spurs, really, I'm worried about two guys, Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson. These guys right now are criminally underrated, so let me give you some stat lines on both of them. Keldon Johnson, through 10 games this year, has been averaging 13.1 points. He's leading the team with 7.4 rebounds, 2.5 assists, almost one block, and 1.2 steals in his games and shooting wise he's hitting 44 percent of his shots from the field and 40 percent of his threes so he's kind of getting it done everywhere and then with lonnie walker he's also averaging 13.1 points per game what are the odds of that 3.1 rebounds almost two assists 
and almost a block and a steal on 43% shooting and 40% from downtown. So, on the surface, you guys maybe like, he's only, you know, these guys are only putting up 13 points a game. Why should we be that worried about them? They, in their respective positions, are some of the best perimeter defenders in their area. And the best part about them is they're really not locked to a certain position. So even though I said, you know, in their position, they're the best, they can play at multiple positions at a super high rate. Keldon Johnson is six foot six in a 210 pound frame, but he has played big minutes, not just at the three, but also at the four for the San Antonio Spurs. And Lonnie Walker's kind of the same. He's 6'5", 205. He's your two or your three. So they can really counter anybody who gets hot in the two through four positions. And when I'm saying that, I'm talking about people like Hamadou Diallo, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, and hell, maybe if Pokachevsky gets hot, Keldon Johnson would get thrown on him. But we're going to be honest here, like Poku, if he's hot, I don't even know how you're going to contest the guy. He's way too long. Anyways, that was just a random thought. The point with that is they're just some big-time defenders. And also, they can just score from anywhere. They are shooting at the 40% mark from three on a solid amount of attempts. I think they're shooting three. I think Johnson's shooting around three and a half, and Lonnie Walker's around the four to five range. But yeah, they can hit it from downtown, and inside, they can get it done. Keldon Johnson is an athletic freak. And Lonnie Walker is the exact same. He has a three-minute video on YouTube of him just dunking last year. And he really wasn't even playing that much for the Spurs. So the fact he had a tape like that for three minutes shows just how dominant he can be inside. And they can both just take over the game. These guys have been a tad bit inconsistent when it comes to scoring. That's why they're around that 13-point range. But it seems like one of them always seems to be on things when the other one is not. Keldon Johnson has had multiple 20-point games this season, and Lonnie Walker is coming off a 25-piece against the Timberwolves in their last game on Sunday. So I think they really have some firepower to them. I know on defense, they 100% will. It's more about the offense there. And if they can get things going, this could be a real game for us. And I'll tell you this. I could tell you about Marcus Aldridge and DeJounte Murray because, sure, they're like the stars of the Spurs team. But we know that they like consistently will go off. I kind of like keen in on the smaller guys here who could make a big impact. But I don't really think Aldridge and Murray alone can kind of carry their team to a victory except that one time two years ago I think LaMarcus dropped 50 plus on us hopefully that was just a one-time occurrence I think the deciding factor in this game though comes down to Walker and Johnson as I said so personally I think this is going to be one of my favorite games to watch in the year because I am super high on both Johnson and Walker love their potential I think just seeing them up against our guys like Dort and Baisley in particular, even SGA and Diallo, it's 
It's going to be super fun to watch, and just seeing those guys collide is going to keep me glued to my television tonight. But I think that San Antonio is probably going to win this game just by a hair. LaMarcus Aldridge has always been an issue for us, and he's probably averaging like 45 points against the Thunder throughout his whole entire career. Never seems to have a bad game when he faces off against us. So I think he's going to keep that streak going and just kill Al Horford. Horford has those mobility issues. I'm not going to say LaMarcus Aldridge is like the flash compared to Horford, but he definitely does have the edge on him there in terms of speed. So I think he's going to have it going from outside and maybe even inside, kind of finagle his way into some free buckets there. But the X factors of this one, Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson. I think they're going to surprise some people in this one, and I don't think a lot of points will be coming off guys like Baisley, Dort, or Hill if they are defended by those pairing of guys for the majority of the game. I could see maybe one of them going off on one of those two, but all three of them, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just banking on Johnson and Walker having a big game, and I think that's why they are going to propel the Spurs to a victory. I got the Spurs taking this one 109 to 105 in my prediction. So if you guys have a prediction of your own or just some feedback you would like to give me, please tell me guys. I love hearing from you all. But other than that, that is going to wrap up today's podcast. I thank you all for listening and I will talk to you guys later. See ya.